guys back again the red light is on my name is dave van Auken, here with the pfl commentator ufc pioneer mma pioneer of the anakin florian podcast ken flo what's up my man how are you i'm well man how are you doing good man it's like a yearly thing we do this uh always a pleasure uh always love talking to you my man really do appreciate the time likewise um all right time to get into pfl playoff time san antonio here we come msg here we come a lot of big names, PFL stuff. But before we get into it, 10 days, two weeks ago, uh, International Fight Week, UFC, the Expo. How crazy is it? Um, if I would have said to you, Kenny, 10, 15 years ago, the regional scene, even you fighting in the UFC, if I would have said to you, you guys would have done a podcast, uh, you know, with International Fight Week, and people would have came to you uh, all over the world, literally people from all over the world would have watched you guys talk on a stage about MMA and mixed martial arts, and they would have capped off with a uh, you know an unreal card. You know how crazy was uh, just that week and weekend? Uh, just unbelievable, right? Just an unbelievable scene. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I tend to be um, you know to, to have high hopes uh, for the sport. I remember you know being very optimistic back then, but I'd be lying if I told you that th this is absolutely expected. It went exactly how I thought it would. I, I thought it would probably take a lot longer. The fact that this sport has exploded like it has, um, I think is a testament to all the hard work of the fighters, uh, the evolution of the sport, um, the businesses that have been organized, you know, obviously, obviously the UFC and everything they've been putting into the sport um, and how they've been promoting it, but all the all, all the other organizations as well, you know, the PFL, Bellator, all these organizations that are doing a good job of, you know, promoting the sport, taking the sport to another level, and getting them on networks and 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 uh, channels all over the world. So it's been amazing to see how fast uh, we have progressed here, not only with the actual evolution of the sport, but the popularity of the sport itself. For sure. Uh, you mentioned that B word. I'm going to save that for the end. A little PFL Bellator talk. We'll save that for the end. I really want to do get into the playoffs. We're around a couple weeks away. San Antonio, like I said, in New York City. Uh, but before we get into the playoffs, if I can ask you real quick, the PFL season has come and gone. Kind of fun questions. Let's get into it. What has been the moment? What has been that one moment? If I could say, Kenny, the 2023 season's over, what was that one moment you're like, yeah, that was the moment of the 2023 season for you? Great question. You know, for me, Brendan Lochnane has been one of the best featherweights in the world, wow. period, regardless right. of organization. And for me, seeing him lose against Jesus Pinedo not only was, you know, I guess validation for Jesus Pinedo, but also how difficult this season is you know we have brendan lockdown one of the best featherweights in the world and you know people forget not only is it the challenge that's in front of you right that fighter that's standing opposite side of the cage of you but the season itself that is the other opponent that you have to deal with the schedule is absolutely brutal doing four fights in eight months and getting each and every training camp correctly without injuries and without other stuff going on outside of your life and being able to compete and do it well over the course of four fights and become a champion of the PFL is one of the most difficult things you can do in sports. So I, I think, um, you know, all those things just came to be realized, I think. It's like, you know, Lockdown, tremendous fighter. Jesus Pinedo, of course, very good, very dangerous fighter as well. But seeing that upset, again, it's just another reminder of how dang difficult this sport is, and, and particularly the, the season and – um, you know, just to get to the playoffs is is such a beast. 
And Kenny, if I could say, I think I'm probably, especially on the media side of stuff, I think I'm one of the most pro PFL guys there is in the industry. I think we've crossed paths uh, plenty of times down there in Orlando for the Challenger Series. Uh, most of the events I attend even live. I think there's no one on the media side there is uh, the, with myself and Fight Bananas. But if I could say on the on the devil's advocate of this of the playoffs, this mm -hmm. is where I think the problem is for the casual mixed martial arts fan that uh, names of Aspen Ladd or Brendan, or there's so many names, I won't even start yep. naming them off, that now we're in the playoffs, we're in these big fight, these big scenarios, and a lot of these names are not here. Uh, this yeah. is the big fights, the final four in the championships, and a lot of these guys aren't here. How can the PFL get over that hump? What can we do to, you know, I don't want to say guarantee, what can we do to say, hey, you know, hey, you know, Democrat wise, they didn't make it. They did not win. There were upsets. Something happened outside that the weren't here. Can we make sure that Brandon and Aspen fight on the undercard? Can we get these names on these cards to kind of beef up the fight card itself? What can we do to make sure that they're still fighting in the playoffs and they're still the right way to do it? And we still get Aspen and Jeremy and whatever, Shane, you know, I know he got in and I won't bring that up because I, I know yeah. he's not enough. How can we still get these names on these fight cards? It's a valid question. You know, I think that it depends on which way they want to go, right? If we are going to continue with the playoffs and, you know, accumulating points and all that stuff, I think that it's important that you retain that integrity by making sure that the, it remains a meritocracy in that, you know, everyone needs to be on some kind of even playing field. You know, everyone needs to be able to accumulate points just like everybody else, yada, yada, yada. Now, in regards to what I think you're saying is, you know, how do we put on the fight that most people want to see? If you, if you guys have these stars, then how do we make sure that they stay on? Well, I think that's something for the PFL to figure out. And I think you're right that, that it is kind of, um, you know, it, it is a little bit of a hurdle and something that they need to figure out as far as how do we get these the most popular fighters front and center because right. it is extremely difficult to, to have this season to have everything go go the way you want right from a promotional standpoint sure um but it does allow for new stars to emerge as well so i think that um part of it is going to be solved i think when you have the pay-per-view super fight series that they, that they plan i don't know exactly it's how they call that but I think that's their plan is to kind of move over the bigger stars, the, the ones that have already established themselves either as champions or very popular fighters um, to push them into the pay-per-view uh, realm, that, which is kind of a, a different thing instead of having them compete over the course of the season. Now, who's going to be able to uh, compete in that? I don't know exactly how that's going to, to come to fruition, but um, it's an interesting thing. And, and with all these other you know, fighters coming into the mold. You know, we have Francis Ngannou, of course, his huge name. There's there's so much going on right now that the, the PFL definitely has to figure all of that out, and, and I'm sure they will. Um, and I know uh, you maybe didn't even say this on purpose, and now you're you're a wordsmith, so I'm, I'm not going to use your words against you for <laughs> sure, my man. But you yeah. did say if they keep continue this way, do you mm -hmm. foresee maybe the PFL a year from now or two years from now maybe not go in this season format by points format, especially I've been trying to save, I've been trying to save this whole Bellator PFL question for you for the end. Can you foresee this? Hey guys, we're going to have this mega roster pretty soon. We are going to have Francis. I, and I was going to say right. Jake Paul at the end and Kayla at the end. 
Can you foresee in two years from now, Kenny, hey, we're going to have this amazing roster. We're going to have some of the biggest names, Johnny Emblen and the goddamn superstar in the middleweight from American top team, probably yes. the top five middleweight on this planet. Maybe he's going to be part of the roster and maybe the season format. I hate the word, the, the use the word gimmick, but it was maybe a way to kind of get eyes on the PFL. But now you guys have eyes. You have a great roster. You have a great commentary crew. Now we have what you need. We have ESPN Plus. Can we just do two shows a month, a show, a pay-per-view a month, and just do a normal formatic uh, MMA type of a show going forward in 2024 and beyond? Can you see it that way, you think? Great question. I, I think it's it's definitely possible. I think the most important thing, not that I am you know, this big CEO of, of huge <laughs> companies or anything like that, but I think it is important to – um, listen to what the fans want, right? I think it, it was important for the PFL to establish themselves with a different format than, say, right. the UFC. To go head-to-head -head with the UFC right now with what they have, I think is a very difficult thing to do, of course. So I think having that different tournament format set them apart. And for those that enjoy seeing that, the playoffs, the upsets, you know, who becomes a champion, who wins a million dollars, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, now, if Whatever happens with the PFL, let's say it grows and the roster starts to, you know, expand, then, yeah, I think that as a business, you need to evolve as well and figure out, okay, it has grown to this point. Now, how do we evolve? How do we stay ahead of it? And how do we solve, you know, the different issues, the different problems that, that um, you have at that point in time? So, yeah, I, I think that like with any, with any business, you have to be willing and able and capable to, to adjust and adapt as is needed, right? Because at the end of the day, it's the fans that want to watch it. You're trying to maximize fan viewership. You're trying to maximize the experience uh, of people at home, watching it on television and pay-per-view or what have you. So I think that naturally, you know, you have to be open to that, to that possibility and uh, wouldn't be surprised if the PFL does eventually do that. Absolutely. Um, I know we, we sphered away. I, I will get us back into kind of where we're at right now, the summer of 2023. Got a couple more features uh, stuff for you here in a second. But with a lot of upsets, I think so far here that's happened in the spring of 2023, there's been a lot of dark horse uh, winners so far, even on the female side and on the, on the, on the men's side. Give me, and I know I, you you might not want to pinpoint one name if you don't want to. Yeah. What who is a dark horse guy? We have a guy like Impa Kasanganai. You mentioned Jesus already. Who's like a dark horse guy? There's a couple heavyweights that we did not think that would be there. Almost the yes. light heavyweight division. There's could be you can name all four of them that we not uh you know wouldn't think that's there. Who's a dark horse guy who can win the whole damn thing, Kenny? For sure, I think Impa Kasanganai. One of the names that you mentioned is one of the guys that I've been talking about. As a dark horse in the division, um, he comes comes uh, to the PFL with a lot of experience. Obviously, fought in the UFC, different weight class. Yeah. But I think he he's looking very fast and very powerful still at 205 pounds. Um, and he's very quiet, so he doesn't really attract a whole lot of attention. But he is an extremely hard worker, and he's very dangerous. And um, it seems like he's found great form so far. He's been kind of heating up. Um, and he's extremely durable, so he can, you know, it seems anyway that he can avoid some of the injuries and some of the pitfalls that other fighters have had in their first attempt at PFL season. So he's been looking strong, comes from a great camp, um, amazing coaches, amazing team members. So he's one of those guys that I think you have to watch in the 205-pound division. 
Absolutely. Um, I know your uh, podcast partner, John Anik, absolutely admires uh, Kayla Harrison. Hasn't been weird. It's been a, I don't want to say mysterious, but it's just been a, a little bit of a void of a 2023 PFL year without Kayla Harrison. Uh, how has it been different for you and the commentators with no Kayla Harrison in 2020, uh, 2023? It has, right? I mean, Kayla is such um, a charismatic person and she yeah. is such an amazing fighter to watch and compete. And I think that for her, you know, I, I know she's been dealing with, you know, a lot of different injuries and, and just being a part of three seasons in the PFL in a row is extremely difficult on the body. I, I can't even imagine. So um, she's kept a, a very busy schedule. And I think this time away is going to allow her to improve on some of the things that she's been working on. Um, she's one of the best athletes in the world for a reason. Being a two-time gold medalist in judo, I know we talk about it a lot, is just an insane uh, accomplishment. So I think she's going to look back at, at some of her performances, wins, and, and of course that last loss against Larissa Pacheco, and come back better. Now, so there has been a bit of a void. However, I think Larissa Pacheco has filled that void um, in, in an interesting way. I think she certainly, you know, obviously doesn't speak English as well as Kayla and all that stuff. She's learning, she's getting better. So we don't have that ability to hear her, um, you know, speak English all the time. But what she is saying, you know, I, I speak Portuguese and obviously there's the translation and stuff like that, but she is very charismatic in her own way. And she's so exciting to watch. I mean, she is capable. And I've been saying this since last year, of knocking out any woman in the world, whether it's 145 pounds, 155 pounds, she is a savage. So watch out for her. Um, and um, so she's filled a bit of that void, but I, it does take that time to be someone on the level of a Kayla Harrison. And, and Larissa Pacheco is just getting started. Yeah, I agree. What she says inside that cage uh, does the work for her. Uh, Jake Paul and, of course, Nate Diaz is about to box in a couple weeks. And it's funny, Jake Paul is, you know, PFL friendly and together. But Nate says, seems like a Kenny guy, grew up on the, uh, the UFC the same time as you. Which way you lean in that fight? Um, yeah, the Jake Paul or Kenny, which way you lean in the boxing side of that? Yeah, you know, Jake Paul is such a dangerous dude. You know, I, I kind of wrote him off time and time again. Right. Um, you know, but the fact that, you know, he, here's a millionaire who's coming into this sport, uh, making more millions, of course, but he doesn't have to do that. So I kind of question his heart, his ability, things like that. But man, he has um, proved himself as a very tough athlete, a tough kid, uh, talented kid. And I think he's going to be tough to beat. However, you're going against Nate Diaz. He's been around the sport for a long time. Nate Diaz isn't going to just show up to a fight, in my opinion. Uh, and be satisfied with a loss. He's going to be moving forward. He's going to be aggressive. Uh, he has a legendary chin, legendary work ethic. Um, and so long as he's healthy, as he's healthy, he's going to be tough to take out. Uh, and he's like a zombie. You can hurt him. You can hit him. But he's going to keep coming. And how Jake Paul responds to that is going to be interesting. And Nate Diaz, once he gets going, and if he's able to throw a high volume of punches – is going to be tough to stop just based on all of his years of experience. And if I'm looking at one aspect of Nate Diaz's game, um, you know, that might be the most dangerous. Maybe the jiu-jitsu. Some people would probably say the jiu-jitsu. But boxing, where he gets it done most on the feet is when he's walking you down and throwing punches. So here it is, you know, I think one of the best parts of his game, uh, his boxing, he gets a chance to kind of um, – 
you know, compete in that realm. So I think he's going to do fantastic. I think it's going to be a, a tough fight for either whoever wins. But you know, with all of that fight experience, I have to be leaning towards Nate Diaz at this at this at this stage of the game. Very true. Very true. Kenny, I know the PFL team is going to be upset with me. We're two minutes late. I got to ask <laughs> one last thing for you, my man. Yes, I feel sir. like we can go for hours. You know, I got go so for it, I man. got like no 19 left things for you. Francis Nagano finally got the bag. It's so funny. Everyone made fun of this man. Uh, I was actually there in Atlanta with him and Bones kind of faced off. Uh, we interviewed him backstage. He was so gracious and so nice to all of us backstage. Then he signs this fight with Tyson Fury. Uh, there are rumors about how much money he's going to make. Doesn't matter. He's going to make yep. a tons of money. What do you think about him signing to fight Tyson Fury, maybe the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time? And just what do you think of uh, Francis Nagano? I'm happy for him. This is what he wanted. Every yep. single thing that he said he wanted to go out there and accomplish, right. he has done. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess, um, you know, doubt him at your own peril. Uh, but he is facing one of the best heavyweight boxers that I've ever seen compete. Uh, a world champion in every sense of the word. Very, very talented. Absolutely massive and so agile for his size. So, I, you know, it'd be silly for me to go out here and go, well, Francis is clearly going to knock him out. No, I'm not saying that at all. Is it possible that he can knock out Tyson Fury, though? Yes. Um, but Tyson Fury is the world champion in boxing for a reason. It's yeah. going to be a tall task for him, literally and figuratively. Um, but uh, Francis definitely has the power to put any human being down on his back. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious about it. I don't love, if I'm being honest, Fighters go outside of their realm of specialty. Boxers going over to MMA or MMA going over to, okay. to the boxing realm. Uh, it typically doesn't work out well for them. However, um, you know, Francis, again, if we were to take the best part of his mixed martial arts game, it is right. his boxing. It's his ability to knock people out. And he does have a chance. But, of course, Tyson Fury is going to be a huge favorite heading into that one. Man, always love talking with Ken Flo, Kenny Florian, PFL playoffs back, San Antonio, Madison Square Garden. Hey, Brian Petrie, don't let him get too far ahead, all right? Go with the five, <laughs> five unit. Take get one of these dogs, all right? Get one of these dogs, five unit plays, and squash them, all right, my man? David, thanks, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate it, brother. Let's talk soon, all right?